2: Hello and welcome to Football Land, home of the world's first football themed theme park.
3: You just need Uh, to say football theme park, that's fine.
2: It's a football themed theme park. Mm, As you may or may not know, we have been given 1 billion US dollars to create a football themed theme park in Qatar. It's a football themed theme park. It's it's the theme of football in a theme park in Qatar for the 2022 World Cup. In Qatar, in Qatar, my name is Anthony Richardson. I am the CEO of Land.
3: My name is Mark Davison. I'm the chief ride engineer of Footballland. And I'm Ryan Baxter, uh, and I get
4: lunch.
2: And as is customary at the beginning of each meeting, we like to play an ad for one of our rides. Mark, you've been working on an advert for a ride this week. What have you been working on? Uh,
3: I've done an advert for uh, Jimmy Conrad's Conrad 3000. A bit worried it's too subtle and understated, but see what you think.
0: I want you to imagine a robotic exoskeleton that customers can wear. Programmed to recreate the goal that I scored against Mexico in 2007. Dig it out of your net Osvaldo Sanchez, okay? It's the Conrad 3000.
2: On the agenda this week, we've got some very important news. We have a new patron, Michael White, and he has secured naming rights to our second car park. We have one car park called the Matt Whitworth I'm the Greatest Football Land in All the Land Carp Arc. And now we have a second car park, which we'll put next to the original car park, which is now sponsored by Michael White. The Michael White Car Park, uh, TBC. He hasn't told us exactly how he wants it to be named. Needs
3: a name, Michael, but thank you for that.
2: I thought just for equality, um, we could have... a. A security guard at the front uh, diverting cars into both car parks so uh, one car park doesn't feel left out.
3: Yeah, we don't want car park favouritism. It would be awful if, mm. say, uh, Michael White's car park was full of brilliant cars and Matt Whitworth's just had the rubbish cars. OK, we'll look into that. We'll look into that. Yeah, have a look. Have a look.
2: I've got a ride idea. Mark, you've got a, a lovely idea for something going on around the park. Yep. And Larry and Paul are still in the Wayne Lineker fibreglass testicle green room. Yes. Uh, they're going to come out this week to pitch us a very exciting idea. We
3: should have let them out last week, really, shouldn't we? Uh, But
2: first, sad news, Ryan. Very sad news. We have a problem.
4: Yeah, a bit of a problem. It's old Tom Deakin's England National Team Haunted House. Oh, no. Yeah, I've been looking at haunted houses and sort of ghost rights and those things. And um, the problem with the England National Team Haunted House is that that there's just too many sort of sad and shameful moments to sort of fit into a haunted house. It's huge. It's like watching sort of TV in the late 90s. You know, it's sort of, yeah. it's just room after room after room. Yeah.
2: According to your calculations, how many rooms are there in this haunted England national team house? I
4: ran out of. Uh, paper yeah and it was quite a large piece of paper
2: well, a2 it was a1 wow but my pen
4: was
3: quite large so were you holding it with two hands because that makes the writing bigger yeah but yeah i mean i get your point that there's there's too much to put in this haunted house of England horrors there is
4: and that's I, i've been speaking to some sort of haunted house manufacturers and when i say haunted house manufacturers I, I mean sort of just the fellas off the local carnival basically they said if you spend too long in a haunted house you sort of become desensitized to the to the experience and sort of nothing shocks you anymore. It's like being an England fan. There's no horror, you know. And and so you're not gonna like this, but I'm gonna suggest that we reduce the number of, of rooms. What? You're right.
2: We're not going to like that. It's a no. stupid oh, no, idea! No,
3: no, no. There's oh, so no. many
2: moments of shame. I how can you, know you choose? It. It. It's like it's like killing your shameful babies. You know,
3: you know the next Star Wars film is going to be abject rubbish, but you still pay the money and you sit there and you get annoyed. That's part of the thrill,
2: right. Exactly. Okay. If people are going to be desensitised to this, you need to find a way to get them going around it quicker. Yeah, quicker. And I don't mean running, running. because uh, that is unsafe. Health and safety, Ryan. You need to get people looking around 100 haunted, horrible, shameful rooms in a house in about four or five minutes.
4: Mini rooms? Could they be really, really small rooms?
2: They've got to be immersive, Ryan. This is football land. This isn't a toy town. Yeah, it's this is a model village. Beaconsfield model village here, mate. Mm. You need to create something. For time-poor thrill-seekers, we need yeah. two versions of this house. One, the long haul, where people can spend about a day and a half in there, maybe camping overnight in the Peter Shilton uh, Brexit years room. And one for the time-poor thrill-seekers. Leave it with
4: me. All,
3: All right, 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 cheers. Right, thank you. Bye. See ya.
2: Mark, I have an idea for a ride. Uh, I think you're going to like it. And this one is quite important because at every single theme park around the world, there is a Wild West themed town. Yep. And uh, Footballland should be no different. You have your shooting parlor. We've already got the Ashley Cole, John Oster... Air Rifle Gallery, so I'm not sure we need one of those again. Well,
3: we've got Eric Cantona's Wild West experience as well. What we
2: don't have, though, is a runaway mine train. Yes, we need one of those. Now, runaway trains, uh, for some reason, I don't know how often trains, like, run away in the gold mining era, but they, they seem to run away... A lot in theme parks. And I don't think
3: they knew about breaks in the 19th century in the Wild West. Exactly. But we need to replicate
2: that in football land. Yeah. And what better way to replicate a runaway mine train experience than Roman Abramovich's gold mine ride? I love it. Uh, the Chelsea owner, he he is one of the, the richest owners in football and he... Uh, seems to run away a lot. He ran away from Russia and then he ran away from England to Israel. So he's been doing a lot of running and what better place to put Roman Abramovich than underground in a gold mine? Yeah. I'd like you to take everything you learnt about Wild West themed gold mine trains in the past and throw it in the bin. Okay. Because this is set in three distinct zones, Russia, London and Israel.
3: Wild Russia, wild London, wild Israel.
2: Exactly. The wild west except Russia's in the east, okay? Yeah. And and Israel's very much in the centre. Yeah. So wild wild east, wild centre,
3: wild west. London's wild west. Great. So
2: each family takes a minecart. So there's about four people to a minecart. So I'm hoping... Families don't have more than one two children um, if you've got more than two children, then you might have to squeeze in or one of the children might have to be on his own i I'm not policing the family unit here or-
3: Or just miss out. Just tell it to wait there and watch us have fun. You committed a minor indiscretion in the car on the way here, so you're not having any fun. Exactly. The queue
2: is geared up towards teaching everyone about Roman Abramovich and uh, his life. So you get a lot of bits of video about his life, um, an ornament of uh, John Terry, like a bust. You get in the cart And the cart is full of banknotes, Okay, It's full of banknotes, and it's full of the exact number of banknotes that makes it specific to Roman Abramovich. There are 18,700 banknotes in your cart, and they represent his net worth of $18.7 billion. Wow. So each note is worth... A million dollars. Wow. So you've got all of these banknotes. You're sitting in obviously you've got your seatbelts on, but you've got all of these banknotes. Okay. So you're sort of
3: you're like in a bath of banknotes.
2: Exactly. You're in a bath, you're in a car of banknotes on wheels. Your job as you go around this roller coaster is to make sure as few banknotes fall off the side of your cart as possible. I see. So you're going up and down, round up. There's going to be fans blowing you. It's going to be a bit like the crystal maze. And you're frantically, as a group, as a family unit, you have to keep the banknotes in your vehicle. Yes. By the time you finish the ride, there's like automatic scales on the bottom of your cart So it can tell instantaneously how many banknotes have exited the vehicle. I love it. And those uh, banknotes you can actually spend in the gift shop. They're each worth um, a third off a
3: a key ring. Uh, No, so they're not actually worth a million dollars. No,
2: they're worth, if anything, 0.03 dollars. And if anything, we're actually getting money because they're not worth anything, but they're kind of like vouchers to buy things. So, you know, we're conning people, but... That's what you do when you're wealthy. Yes, yes. Now, I haven't actually thought about what the zones look like, but I'm guessing like a toy, not toy town, but um, a runaway train sort of underground Russia, uh, underground. Maybe they're the three different types of mines you get in Russia, London and Israel. So in Russia, probably quite mineral heavy. So um, graphite, you can tell I don't know much about mining. I'm not
3: sure much mining goes on in London these days. I'm not sure it ever went on in London, actually. Uh, or
2: handbags—they like uh, posh designer handbags in London, don't they? And shoes, so a shoe mine or or handbag mine. And then Israel, oranges—very um, citrus fruit heavy—a uh, place is Israel. So and
3: oranges are a root vegetable, aren't they? They grow underground. Yeah, yeah they, dig they grow underground. Like potatoes, yeah. So that fits, assuming that the the third child hasn't been guilty of indiscretion in the car, going to the park. So they are allowed on the ride. But if we're making these minecarts suitable for families of four, does that mean the youngest is going to be rattling around without a seatbelt? And are we OK with that?
2: Well, seatbelts on roller coasters are not always needed because if you're clever with the centrifugal force, yeah. sometimes you can keep people pinned to their seats without them needing any additional harnesses. Yes. And another reason you shouldn't really want seatbelts on this ride is because you need to be moving around, keeping your banknotes in the vehicle. Well,
3: is there something in uh, teaching people the value of love in that you're trying to keep the banknotes in, but you're also trying to keep your offspring from from flying off the cart, which, you know, it, it maybe on a particularly treacherous turn, you're faced with a choice, do I save a billion dollars or do I save uh, Brian, who's only three years old?
2: It's also putting a monetary value on a child's life. Yeah,
3: I don't mean to be overly macabre, but... You know, faced with Brian or a billion dollars. It's not looking good for Brian, put it that
2: way. Judge not and un- un- until you've been in those shoes, really, in the shoe mine. Can you wear handbags
3: as shoes if-, if you're in the wrong bit of the mine?
2: So falling off the mine cart is actually part of the ride. Oh, yeah. You don't actually get hurt or maimed or anything like that falling off the side. And it becomes, you know, a, a lesson in do you choose the money or do you choose your son? And you will go down a chute that takes you to the gift shop if you do fall off. But you won't have
3: any... Money off vouchers because it's still rattling around in the cart with your family.
2: When you get to the gift shop, you have to, you know, weigh up whether or not you want to use the money that you've saved to pay for your child back, or you know, spend it on a. On a plush or a a slinky.
3: What do we do if lots of families elect to go for the money and we've just got loads of kids flying about in the upper regions of the the Roman Abramovich mines? Do do we start some kind of orphanage? I
2: I don't really want all of these children on our hands. Maybe we keep them all until the end of the day and then you collect them at the end. During that time when they're in the park... They work for us, you know. They're very much our children now.
3: Yeah, we're literally putting them to work in the mines. There's lots of things they can be doing in those mines. They could be making more handbags. OK, let's put it to a
2: vote. All in favour of Roman Abramovich's gold mine rides say aye. 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 Great stuff. Thank you.
5: Oh, he's inside the grandstand He wears the captain's armband He's good to keep up here. Say the little puppy Captain Captain football land Captain Captain football football land
2: Right, we've got some engagement coming, Mark. We've got some engagement. Uh, People can engage with us. Uh, They can pitch a ride. They can even sponsor the Football Land car park like Matt Whitworth uh, by being a Patreon. Uh, You go on patreon.com forward slash Footballland. James Worley says, I don't know much about football, but I very much enjoyed former Tottenham defender Gary Mubbett appearing on The Queen's Nose in 1995. The Queen's Nose was a children's TV show with a magic 50p. Piece where you rubbed the queen's nose and magic things happened. That's all you need to know. Punters, uh, he says, have to present a fifty p piece, place it into the game machine's receptacle. So it's like imagine like an arcade machine. Yeah, you have to place it in operation style gaps in Mabbot's skull. Yeah, he was bashed in the face, wasn't he, by John Fashner, and he like dislocated his eye socket or something. Yeah,
3: fractured his eye socket.
2: So he's saying you try and put a fifty p piece in his eye. Right. Uh, in this giant head of Gary Mabbot, he says once you've got the fifty. 50- 50 p in, in Gary Mabbit's eye, then you've got to rub the Queen's nose on the coin very hard, and if you do it just right, magic happens. But the magic in this case is you win tickets that come out of the machine and you can exchange them for very cheap plastic goods at a counter. Uh, OK. It's operation with Gary Mabbit's deconstructed face after getting elbowed in the face by
3: John Fashioning. You're smashing coins into Gary Mabbit's already fractured head.
2: Yeah, and and then you got to once you got your hand inside his skull, you've got to still rub the queen's nose. The the queen's nose. Can we make that football related? Maybe these fifty p's have um, either the queen of football is like Mia Hamm or Megan Rapinoe, um, her her face on the fifty p piece, or perhaps a footballer who has a giant nose. Gareth Southgate. Gareth Southgate or Zlatan, perhaps. Yeah.
3: So let me just get this straight. It's not enough to just smash. the the 50pp through the eye socket, you've got to then do more... Yeah. in order to qualify for some plastic tat at the counter.
2: That's right. I mean, it's, it, you don't get a free lunch in this game. And, and thank you very much indeed, James, for, for making it tough. because And it's not for the faint-hearted as well. You've got a really squidgy... Let's get some slime in there. Let's get some red slime inside Gary Mabbott's uh, fake eye socket. And you've got to jam your 50p into his eye and then magic occurs, much as it did on that fateful day between Wimbledon and Spurs. You, you've actually watched the Queen's Nose recently, haven't you?
3: Yes, I've I've rewatched The Queen's Nose. I mean, it was an iconic piece of television in the mid-'90s. Yeah. And Gary Mabbott appears in the last episode. So it's, it's a fantasy drama, really, centering on the misadventures of Harmony uh, and a magic 50p that, as you've said, grants wishes. Uh, and in the final episode, Harmony and a close friend face a crisis with their team 3-0 down at half-time in the final of a big match, staring down the barrel of defeat. She conjures up. Gary Mabbott using the magic coin. And the ex-England International plays himself. Uh, He turns up and he beats a team of kids. He scores... Mm. Three goals The last is a Yeboah-esque equaliser Smashing it past the kids uh, To make it 3-all And then Tom scores the winner 4-3 To say Gary Mabbit had a bash At doing acting Is to glorify what he delivered He's not going to win any BAFTAs Let, Let's see if we can play A little dialogue extract This is Gary Mabbott doing acting Oh
5: sure, Look, listen If Gary Mabbott turned up here I'll give you a fiver Somebody
4: taking my name in vain it must be Harmony.
1: <laughs> yes, and Tom. And this is Tom.
4: Hello, Tom. Pleased to meet you. Not a talkative type, eh? No. But you're Gary Mapper
5: And you're short of a fiver. I'll take American Express. <laughs>
4: okay, Tom. We'll plan our tactics.
2: Right, here's what we do.
3: Strong stuff was really stuff. strong.
2: OK, thanks very much. All in favour of that, say aye. aye. Aye.
3: Thanks, James Worley. Thank you very much.
2: Mark, you've got an idea for an experience.
3: Yes. It's called Why Is No One Talking? If you've ever spent any time on a football pitch or even watched a game, especially at lower league level, Sunday pub league level, someone on each side is going to shout at some point, why is no one talking? Yeah. Teams that acquire a... An- not saying very much tend to not do very well or so yeah. the the beefy central defender is going to believe and he will shout at some point why is no one talking so th- this sort of embraces that idea in the park as a as a facility right we allow people in the park to speak into a microphone whatever's on their mind i mean it's likely to be football related they speak into a microphone just an innocuous quiet little microphone by the side of the path And whatever they speak into that microphone is amplified way over the other side of the park. It gets amplified and shouted out through a giant John Terry. Mm -hmm. You get the satisfaction of releasing whatever's on your mind, and no one can really hear you when you're whispering into the microphone. And somewhere the other side of the park, this random speech will come booming out of John Terry. So I'm thinking it'll mostly be footballing phrases, like exactly, like, why is no one talking? John Terry suddenly randomly shouts that at the other side of the park. Uh, you got your classic, away, oh, why? Which people shout when corners come in. But I'm thinking it could satisfy a kind of more emotional, psychological need in that we can have people just whispering secrets into this microphone, things that they don't want to tell anyone that they know. Yeah, confessions. Imagine walking past the John Terry, the other side of the, the park, and suddenly he says, sometimes I cry myself to sleep. Yeah. I mean, what a beautiful moment that would be. But
2: is, is he booming it in exactly the same way each time? Or is it the voice um, from the microphone amplified in a shouty way? Do you see what I mean? Is it always, the, so it's so it's John Terry's voice each time, but saying the, the deepest, darkest confessions of someone the other side of the park?
3: Well, I guess that would be an interesting way to go down. We could. Develop a sort of Stephen Hawking, John Terry crossbreed voice box thing, but mm. then I I slightly worry that might undermine the tenderness of some of these more intimate confessions. You know, if someone is feels like they're not able to come out as gay, but they yeah. do say they they do a they come out to this microphone, yeah. Then if it's a kind of roboticized electronic, I fancy my father in law it's going to sort of undermine the poignancy of that moment some well, but with maybe, it AI maybe it these doesn't.
2: days with ai these days you can make that sound like the most natural um voice in the world you could have you know yeah we we could trawl through the archives of everything john terry has ever said and you know sometimes i cry myself to sleep at night he might have even
1: said
2: that in an interview once all you have Uh, to do is 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 just build an ai program speech recognition and uh, and put that in a giant john terry i think it's very possible to get these confessions boomed out by john terry's voice but not make them sound insincere yeah well that
3: makes it a more attractive proposition i'd say although i'm not sure we'll ever have we'll, we'll ever be able to find him saying I think I might be gay. Could you have,
2: you know, the ultimate, what everyone loves in a theme park is when someone proposes to someone. Could someone propose to someone in the microphone and then it booms out of John Terry's voice the other side of the park?
3: They they could, as long as they sign some kind of waiver that says, because you can't see what's going on near the John Terry statue, you're you're speaking blind, as it were, into that microphone. As long as you accept that some random stranger might think you've just proposed to them. And then you know, I don't know what do do we enforce that marriage or do we get give a waiver? It's like no, it wasn't you. It was, it was my fiancé who's so slow that she was bringing up the rear as I proposed. I
2: do, I don't want John Terry thinking that that she's his wife now because he's you know we don't want another Wayne Bridge situation on our hands.
3: Well, that's true. Actually, I'm starting to wonder if John Terry is the best person for this. But then again, it is about the classic beefy centre-back shouting, why is no one talking? So it has to be John Terry, doesn't
2: it? OK, well, I'm ready to take that to a vote. All in favour of why is no one talking, say aye. 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 Congratulations, Mark. That is a it's a winner. Thank you. It's a moment of beauty
5: in the park. Football. Two words. Football.
2: Jesus. Mark, we are delighted to have back Larry and Paul. You'll remember them from a couple of meetings ago. Well, we actually left them in the Wayne Lineker green room testicle for two weeks. Yes, at, I didn't and we forgot to mean open for that it. to happen. Yeah. Um, so uh, we better yeah. get them out again. Hello, Larry and Paul. Oh, oh they're being sick. Oh, oh, gosh. That, oh the, so, dry okay. heaving.
3: Did I put enough raisins through the little breathe holes for you? Oh, too, too many, if anything, they've it
6: blocked they, it. They've blocked the. They've blocked have blocked oh. just like a sort of a, a base level of effluence on.
2: Yeah. Useful. Um. So you are backed because we enjoyed your first ride so much. You said you had another, and we're very keen to profit as much as possible from our guests. Yeah. So we thought, how about uh, you tell us the other ride as quickly as you can? I, I, I want to cut the crap. Oh. oh, I I want to cut the crap. Oh, I just want to hear about the ride, and I want to hear how it can make us money. Do you hear me? We're business guys here. I know that you're these wishy-washy creatives oh. with your ideas, but you need to transform those ideas into money.
6: Uh, so our latest uh, idea, the second one and one that we're we're very proud of, um, is it, the name. I'm going to give you the name of it now, and then see what you think of this. Uh, okay. It's called, it doesn't actually really matter that much, The Ride. That's really catchy. Ooh.
7: Yeah. Yeah? There's a colon there between much and The Ride.
6: I'm sorry, is it showing? just? It's
7: part of the branding.
6: Oh, right, sorry. Sort of oh,
7: okay. like Back to the yep. Future.
6: Yeah, because if you just say okay. Back to the Future, it just sounds like talk about the film. You need to say The Ride after it, otherwise it gets very confusing.
7: But it needs to be properly punctuated. You can't just have Back to the Future, The Ride no because what what is it future the ride is that back to the future beat
6: the ride but i'm just saying if you if you call it back to the future it's gonna get very confusing for your listeners they're going to turn off in droves so
2: well it sounds let me just repeat it it doesn't actually really matter that much colon the ride it doesn't actually really like you've got two um you've got two adverbs there
6: yeah, and that that's to uh, show how strong it actually really doesn't matter that much, really. Yeah. That's three.
2: Yeah. Oh, so you've put really,
6: colon, the ride. Well, no, no, no. That's just something I added for, for illustrative purposes just then. But the, the official title is, it doesn't actually really matter that much, the colon. ride. No, well, yeah, you'd have to say the colon. The colon is... <laughs> so try, it doesn't actually really matter that much, the colon. ride. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'm just uh, trying to imagine it
2: on the posters and, like, we could do the colon could be two footballs.
6: Yes, well, that's what we've written down here, actually. Good. That is good. All
2: right, so we've heard the title about 12 times. Tell us about your your red. Um, well, picture this,
6: if you will. Um, it's a slow ride on rails akin to Disneyland's It's a Small World After All. Okay. Yeah uh the football fans they sit in a carriage and are whisked around slowly um around a series of rooms and displays in which they're shown that the game really doesn't matter that much like in comparison to two other things uh such as uh friendship famine uh, music film the, the yeah war politics hair haircuts hairstyles yeah Um, It's an evergreen ride because the displays and subjects and rooms can be uh, on rotation and can be varied, um, which will ensure that attendees will flock to it for years to come. No two rides will necessarily be the same. Um, By the end of it, uh, the fans' lives will be transformed, changed, uh, and they come out of it realising that football doesn't actually matter that much um, and everything is in perspective and they can just go forward in their lives with more productive pursuits like... um, uh, uh, cra- uh, 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 cross-stitching
3: mm. okay
2: that sounds fascinating and uh, uh, so it's a big sort of museum in a way
6: uh that you kind of travel through yeah little tunnel you know little tunnels have you been you know, are you aware of it's a small world after all yeah
2: yeah absolutely haven't yes. been on there but i'm, I'm imagining professor burp's bu- bubble works in chessington world of adventures another
6: heavy influence
2: yeah yeah. And and that one uh, strikes dear to me because it's a it's a ride for all ages. Uh actually saw, you know, very small children on there. I've actually also, when I was a teenager, went there on a school trip, actually saw someone fingering someone on that ride. So, you know, it wow. really is fair for all demographics. Yeah. And it
7: would you would you be able to finger someone on this ride? The good thing about this, right? And thank you for asking. Thank
6: you to, so much for asking. It's that question. a good question. Yeah.
7: Um, is that the ride does move slowly enough so you could do that without yeah. risk of a sudden <laughs> jerk of finger, so that the hand and wrist unit moves a foot in a short period of time up the vulva, hand yeah. space, <laughs> and causes and cause damage in that sense. So it is, a, it, is a, it is a ride that's very fingering friendly. We would probably get it passed by
6: the uh, International Fingering Board, um, and if they got it seal of approval, a gold mine.
5: Mm. I'm thinking about hair, the futility of war, the love of a family pet, and what a smile is for. packages tied up with string. My world's so much bigger now that football's not such a thing. And I turn to you and I say, finger me, finger me please. Put your thumb inside my rectum. Give my balls a squeeze. Finger me. Me, please, because nothing really matters anymore. so let's go bowling.
3: Is there a danger that it's going to be so effective at deconstructing the world of football and proving beyond any doubt that it's really not important, it doesn't matter at all? Is there a danger it's going to be so successful that when people come off this ride, they won't want to go on anything else? They just want to head to the exit and forget football is even a thing. No, because it it just lends
6: them a sense of perspective. They don't come out of it hating football. They just come out of it, and if you don't mind me using the name of the ride, realising it doesn't actually really matter that much. The ride. Colon.
2: We don't want people to go on this ride I know what you're saying, that people are usually are just going to take this kind of with a pinch of salt and still enjoy the other football rides, but there is a chance that people will come off this ride and not want to visit anything else in the park. So could we at least not open this ride until about four in the afternoon? Kind of a watershed, really, so that at least we can fill the other rides of you know with football fans enjoying football before they kind of get brainwashed the other way. Yeah.
6: Sounds a little bit like you've been bought, by, bought and paid for by big football like it's some sort of big football shill. Like, not open. I thought, I thought this is an open, open forum where ideas can be discussed freely. I just feel like I'm being oppressed here. And
7: I think, I think also you're miss, you're missing, um, you're missing something here, guys. If I may say, you know, if 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 you don't mind yeah. me saying, uh, and if I may say, it, I'll say it, is that you know that feeling you get when your team is losing four nil in a European Cup final, and there's a minute to go, and you come to the realization that. Uh, to use the name of the ride again, it doesn't actually really matter that much. Stop the ride. The ride, um, and you you give up at that point, and you feel a lot better about things before you you fly into a rage later on after three cans of Stella. Yeah. Yeah. What, we're, what we're trying to do, if you open this ride early in the morning, you're creating that feeling in the first minute mm. of the first round of games in the in the group matches of the Champions League, for example. Uh-huh. Imagine Uh how much you would enjoy the Champions League if you didn't actually really care that much how your team did in it.
2: Yeah. We are four men here at Loggerheads. Uh, There's a tension in this meeting. It's like a big casserole of a meeting. Because Mark and I, we're businessmen, and you two are creatives, and we're just stags butting against each other. Um, You're going to have to think businessly like me and Mark here. When I say to you this, have you thought about the different demographics coming into this uh, ride of yours because different people react in different ways to different pictures. So a a child is not going to think the Mona Lisa
3: matters. A bold man is not going to buy the fact that you're saying hairstyles are more important than football. Exactly. I mean, that's offensive.
2: So how are you going to
3: say to a child that's looking at
2: the Mona Lisa and say, oh, don't look at that, look at something else. How do you cater it
6: to each demographic, please? Well, uh, thank you for that question. Thank you for asking that question. We're going to answer it right now. Um, first of all, before I do answer the question, can I just say a little bit insulted that you said that we weren't businessmen? Because if we my start the way I'm sitting, the way the, ca- the jacket is over the shoulder, I mean, that just does that look just screen business? He's,
3: yeah, he does, he does look like a really... Yeah, we also use the word
7: both. businessy. I know you just used it there, but I just want to point out, we use the word businessy as yeah. I just used it yesterday. Yeah.
3: I sometimes like to use the word business yeah. with like double Z on the end. Business. Yeah. business is also good, B-I-D-N-E-S-S.
6: But to get to the point in hand, and again, thank you for the question, a very important question. Um, one thing I didn't mention, which I probably should have led with, two words for you. It's virtual reality. Uh, Right? So,
3: (laughs) Okay, that
6: that is quite crucial, yeah. Yeah. So what happens is, at the start, uh, before you go into the ride, it assesses your psyche. You go and sit in the carriage, you put your VR gogs on, right? And you go around this carriage, yeah, but everyone's seeing a different thing. yeah. Okay. How do you feel about how do you like them apples?
2: I like that, but who's designing what they see? Is it a robot? Is it AI? Or is it uh, a team of people behind the scenes? Like uh, I once saw a Black Mirror about it.
7: Yeah, it's uh, it's Mark, Mark Zuckerberg.
2: Okay, I'm going to give you a profile. Then here's a profile. Here's a profile of of a uh, of a boy, and he is uh, 28. He's a 28 year old boy. Yeah. Um, he. He's read all of every like Emily Bronte novel, uh, but he also likes Marvel, and yeah. uh, he secretly uh, is is quite bored by boxing. So, yeah. what are you going to put on his wall?
6: Yeah, well, you say you call him a twenty eight year old boy. We yeah. know his name is Richard Thursman, twenty uh, eight year old boy from Leicester, um, and he loves his nan. His nan died 10 years ago, right? Nan's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and...
7: So she forms part of the ride. She's on
3: the ride, baby. But just... <laughs> <laughs> what what what's his nan doing in this house? She's the
7: guide.
6: She's there going, okay. "Richard, I died 10 years ago in that fire, but Sorry, Sorry, I'm getting quite emotional Sorry, just getting Well, winning up a bit there Take take all the time you need She's there saying, Richard, I died But look, it doesn't Actually really matter that much Because here's Well, that she died The other, Well, no, no, the football Because I'm here to show you, here's some other stuff Um, Larry's going to list the stuff that Richard Thurston Cares about, go
7: Chocolate eggs, but but, but the ones from M&S, not the branded Cadbury's ones. Next. Uh, USB leads, but with the twine around to protect them from radio RF interference.
6: High quality USB leads. Next. Golden retrievers. Loves those dogs.
7: Next. (laughs) Plastic from the 1980 to 1985
6: era. Yeah, and the smell <laughs> of patchouli. We know that through the data harvesting that's been done by the Japanese company that will remain anonymous, and you will not get it out of us for love nor money. Um, yeah. and the work has been done. Richard Thursman's there. His dead man's shown him around. All the things that he likes comes out of it a change. Could you imagine how rich Richard Thursman would be at the end of that ride? The ride.
2: I can imagine that so well.
3: When there's something strange in your fairground ride who are you gonna
2: call richard thursman's dead nan well i think it's gonna have a pacifying influence mark i'm actually won over yeah. by this but i think unless you have any other questions this is going to be one of the hardest rides we've ever voted it, on it, actually
3: it is a hard ride to vote on because it potentially completely destroys our entire business model but i am ready to vote yeah on it, yes. i'm ready
2: to vote on this too so Just think about richard's nan Please.
3: All in favor of? Oh, sorry. I've, no, just I need a little bit longer. I've just thought of Richard's nan and a golden retriever, and that's something I, I, I need to get that out of my head. Okay.
2: And all, all in favor of it doesn't actually really matter that much. Colon the ride. Say aye, three, two, one, aye, aye. Wow! I wasn't expecting that. It's in. Congratulations. It's in. That Amazing. That is the anonymous. That's two on two. Two zero. And you have wow. two rides in Football and You're the first guests. To have two rides in the park, uh, some might say that's excessive, but uh, it's the least we could do for keeping you inside a fibreglass testicle for two weeks.
3: Very nervous that we're about to undermine everything we've been working towards, but um, them's the rules, we've voted it in, so...
7: Thank you very much.
3: What do I know? If it doesn't Thank
7: work you. out, listen, if everything does collapse, just drop us an email and say, guys, it's on you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We'll be fine with that. OK.
3: I predict a ride. I predict a ride. Ellen
2: Ryan, you're back. You're beaming from ear to ear. You have come up with a solution to the Tom Deacon's Haunted House of England Horrors.
4: I've listened to what you've said and essentially I've done what you've said. Uh, I've given the, the patrons of the England national team Horror House uh, two options. You either go to to the right and you you have the full two and a half day experience, no emergency exits. You're in, you're in. Or you go to the left and you go into what I'm going to call Gaza's dentist's chair. Gaza's
3: dentist chair. The the Hon- a really fun moment. The Hong Kong drinking game that was replicated after he scored at Wembley and. In- Ted Sheringham came over and replicated the dentist chair squirting alcohol into his mouth. Yeah. The
2: least horrific moment in the entire history of England. Ah,
4: yeah. But for horror to work, you've got to lure people in and think that it's nice.
2: Oh, look, it's Gaza's, you know, dentist's
4: chair. And you're like, ah, oh, I love this moment. And then it's, ah, bang. You know, all of a sudden you're strapped into a dentist chair, you know, like you're manacled in like Frankenstein, you know, and then you look up and there's a bright, you know, dentist light in your eyes and you're like, ah, God, and then because uh, your like eyes are all mad and that, like these little metal bits come out from the side of your head. Your head strapped down, and they kind of come across, like, and then they hook under under your eyelids, and they hold your eyelids open. And then we play a montage, a hi- like a highlights package, one of those beautiful sort of end of World Cup highlights packages, but dead sort of uh quick and emotive and it and it's it's highlights from from sort of the last 70 years of england's sort of national humiliation uh in in 90 seconds
3: wow that's very clockwork orange-esque yeah yeah and just just as as a pièce de la resistance maybe whilst this horror is going on that you can't look away from gaza is just very tenderly kissing up and down your abdomen and you, you, you're powerless to stop him.
4: Yeah, I
2: got such a
3: lovely belly. Or just breathing close to your neck or something. I
2: think though that, that still it'd be very exciting to have Gaza breathing near you, breathing on your abdomen. But someone like
3: Francis Jeffers. Mm. If you're in the chair staring up at the dentist's light, you only know it's Francis Jeffers when one of his ears just crosses the light and it goes into like an eclipse, and you can sort of you can sort of see through his ears. You can see the veins in his ears, but they're so massive it can only be Francis Jeffers.
2: Well done, Ryan. You've you cracked yeah, it. Congratulations. Really okay. All right then. Yep Thank you What a successful meeting that was Lovely, Thank yes. you very much for joining us uh, Mark, a couple of things you just need to do You need to be working on that England highlights package For the Clockwork Orange yeah, soundscape the
3: Clockwork Orange classical horror, yes
2: Ryan, can you print out a few Abramovich banknotes, Ryan? Um, design them uh, just like fivers with his face on dollar bills or whatever Or rubles Okay Alright, thank All right, you Alright, yeah. meeting adjourned
7: Alright All right. All right. yep, bye it. Bye bye Dabba. Dabba. Dabba.